0: assignment. Transcribed, starring Brian Donnelly as Steve Mitchell.
1: Yeah, danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though, trouble, but... When I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize this assignment's going to put a new switch on an old saying. Not only is the pen mightier than the sword, the paintbrush is mightier than the dynamite.
2: You sent for me? Steve, back in 1948, the Turkish government embarked on a vast road-building project. A nine-year program was laid out, an agreement made with our government on financial aid. Sure, we've also sent a lot of our engineers over there. Right. The Turkish people have shown concentrated effort and determination in building these roads. Despite the handicaps, lack of industry, experience, difficulty of the terrain, the work has moved ahead on schedule in all fronts. All but one. Trouble? Nothing but trouble, Steve. And a road being built in the mountains of eastern Turkey. They've had a series of costly accidents, cave-ins, mysterious explosions, materials destroyed, equipment breaking down, so on.
1: Smells like sabotage.
2: Yes. Okay, I'm on my way. Contact a man named Hardeen Burscher when you arrive, Steve. He's in charge of the operation there. Check with his American advisors. It's vitally important that road be finished and on schedule. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck.
0: National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donleby in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another dangerous assignment. Comedy entertainment is what NBC features each Tuesday evening on this station. Yes, when you set your dial here on Tuesday, you'll hear Fibber McGee and Molly in another laugh-filled page from the life of Wistful Vista's most amusing citizen. And Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis will add to the evening's entertainment with their Mad and Merry Mirthville program that's certain to have you laughing from beginning to end. Red Skelton is another of NBC's Tuesday night comedians who's always ready and able to provide enjoyable radio listening. While Herb Schreiner brings you Two for the Money, the program that gives away bundles of money and provides 30 minutes of homespun laughing stock as dished up by this Hoosier comedian. Make NBC your headquarters for comedy every Tuesday night.
1: I've got my assignment, get over to eastern Turkey and find out who's throwing a monkey wrench into a road-building program we're helping to finance and supervise. It's late Thursday afternoon when my plane lands at the airport in Sebas, some 300 miles east of Ankara. I hop aboard a train and ride deeper into the mountains. It's well after dark when I jump off at a small whistle stop. The station is deserted, almost. In the dim light at the far end of the platform, I see a parked jeep and leaning against the front fender is a small slender gent dressed in khaki and field jacket. Uh, sorry, you've been waiting long, Buster, but I... Hey.
3: How are you, Mr. Mitchell?
1: Well, surprised right now. I didn't expect...
3: A woman to meet you? My name is Marga. Marga Sehan.
1: Well, hello.
3: Mr. Bursher could not come to meet you. He sent me instead. Just throw your suitcase in the back there.
1: Okay. All right. Let's roll, eh? Huh?
3: You're looking at me curiously, Mr. Mitchell. I'm sorry. You're puzzled. What is a woman doing out in this wild, desolate country? I am an engineer. You? A student, really, from the University of Ankara.
1: I see. Getting some experience in the field, huh? Yes. I understand you've run into some difficulties with regard to the road.
3: It was to be expected. We are building a road through country where only pack animals have traveled before.
1: And there have been some accidents, they tell me.
3: Yes. Perhaps that is why you have joined us, Mr. Mitchell. You are perhaps what they call a troubleshooter.
1: Ah, uh, you might call it that.
3: Well, I might call it... A government agent.
1: What gave you that idea?
3: Just a guess. I knew your government would send someone to investigate before long. You see, Mr. Mitchell, I too do not believe all these accidents have been just
1: accidents. Oh?
3: Mr. Bursh is of the same opinion as is Mr. Babers. He's one of your American advisors.
1: Yeah, there are two of them. How does Harold Kevin feel about the accidents? Isn't that the other one's name?
3: Yes. Kevin thinks they are simply accidents.
1: How long has he been with the outfit?
3: Three months. And by a strange coincidence, the accident began happening shortly after he arrived.
1: I see. Anything else?
3: Yes. I'll tell you something else, Mr. Mitchell. Only because I know you would find out about that, too, sooner or later. Harold, Kevin, and I were secretly married in Ankara last year.
1: That the conversation drops to zero. We ride in silence for the next hour, grinding, bouncing over the road, climbing higher and higher into the mountains. Finally, Marga wheels the to deep into a clearing, a shelf dug into the side of the hill where some other trucks are parked. We walk to the edge of the canyon and look down. A dozen or more floodlights illuminate the work area below tents, tool sheds, bulldozers, and other equipment. And rising out of the canyon floor are huge pillars of concrete and steel.
3: The night shift has been abandoned. Lack of material and equipment.
1: What's being done about it?
3: A train is on its way from Sivas now, loaded with more than enough material for us to resume a full schedule. More trucks, tractors, cranes, spare parts, and so on.
1: Good. Well, let's get down there. We go it on foot from here?
3: Yes, down this path. Come along.
1: This is the farthest point your road has reached?
3: Yes. Just a moment, Mr. Mitchell. Yeah, sounds like. Hey, look out.
1: Get back. Oh! I reach out full, Marga, off the trail as the first of the huge boulders roars past us. Thank
3: you. Thank you, Mr. Mitchell.
1: <laughs> you okay? <laughs> yes, I'm all right. Brother, that was a little too close for comfort.
3: Another, shall we say, accident.
1: Yeah, earmarked for me, looks like.
3: Hello! Huh? Hello up there! The noise has attracted the camp. Hello! Hello. Marga, are you okay? Yes! Who is I that down okay. there? Who's that? Abers, one of the American advisors. The man with him is Mr. Bursha. Come along. Hey! You two start that ruckus up there? No, Mr. Abers, we did not. You are not harmed, my dear. Not harmed? This is Mr. Mitchell, Mr. Bursha, Mr. Abers.
1: Mr. Bershaw, how do you do, Mr. Mitchell? Abers? I'm glad to have you with us.
2: Uh, Marga, is not Mr. Kevin with you? Why, no. I had not seen him for some time. Mr. Abers, have you seen him?
1: Oh, no, not for a couple of hours. Marga, we
2: better see what damage those boulders cause.
3: Of course. Good night, Mr. Mitchell.
1: Good night. If there's anything I can do to help you get settled, Mitchell, let me know. Sure, Abers. Those rocks, Mr. Mitchell. No accident. You're telling me. Look, Mr. Bersha, just who knows why I'm here. No one but myself. The others
2: think you are an engineering consultant.
1: Margaret doesn't. She had me spotted as a government agent right off the bat. A guess, she said. The others could make a guess too.
2: Yes, I suppose. About
1: this man named Kevin. A
2: fine engineer, Mr. Mitchell.
1: What's all this done to your schedule?
2: Well, we are some two weeks behind. Still, we have a chance to catch up. And we will, Mr. Mitchell, once the equipment and the material arrive.
1: The train, huh?
2: Yes, it will be here early in the morning. That train means everything to us. We can return to our work, step up the schedule, finish the road before the rains come. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The ground suddenly jumps up under us. Persia and I find ourselves standing in a shower of rocks and debris, all of it coming from the rim of the canyon overhead. Persia springs into action, starts up the path. I know he's headed for the tunnel, and I'm right behind him. We're halfway up the canyon wall when I spot someone crawling among the boulders. I let Persia go ahead, duck off the path and circle around, and I reach out and grab. Hey, hey. Hold it, Buster! Drop the knife. Drop it. Ah! That's okay. Now, get up on your feet. Mitchell! Mitchell! Over here, Persia. What is it? What, what happened? Just caught our friend here creeping along the path. Why,
2: this is one of the workers. His name is Dapur, from Afghanistan.
1: What happened up there? a the tunnel. Someone set off a charge of dynamite. This gent, probably. Look out, Mitchell! Dapur dives into Persia, who snatches into me. As I reach out to grab, I miss. Both Persia and I fall back off the path and slide away down the side of the canyon. Mitchell!
2: Mitchell, are you all right?
1: Yeah, I guess so. There was a neat block he threw on you, Bersha, and a neater one you put on me. I am sorry. He
2: threw me off balance.
1: Yeah. Any sign of our friend? No, I did not see him. He's got to be up there among the boulders somewhere. You take that side, and I'll go up this way. spend the next ten minutes poking around the boulders along the canyon wall, but there's no sign of Dapur I finally go back down to the canyon floor and find a group of workers getting ready to start up the path to the tunnel. In their lead is a tall, lanky American who should be the other engineer, Kevin. All right, men, let's go. On the double. Hey, Kevin! What? Oh! Oh, hello. Uh, you must be Mitchell. That's right. I'd like to talk to you, Kevin. Oh, sure. Get going, men. Be right up. Uh, sorry I wasn't around to welcome you, Mitchell. I know. You were out for a walk. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Heard the explosion and came back. First you told me what had happened. Oh? When did you see him? Well, just a few minutes ago. He's around here somewhere. I... Oh, what's the matter? What are you staring at? Up there, that cable stretching across the canyon. Oh, that. Just a small bucket car we used to haul stuff from one rim of the canyon to the other. Yeah. It's moving. Headed away from the tunnel. Oh, yeah, so it is. Wonder who's using it. Moving very fast. I think we can just about make it. Here it comes, Mitchell, but I don't see anyone in it. If my hunch is right, he's in there. Who is? Now, look, what's this all about? Well, don't see anybody getting out. Come on. Looks like my hunch was right, Kevin. Who is it? Our friend Doppler with a knife in his back.
0: Steve Mitchell will continue his dangerous assignment in just a moment. Do you remember that old saying, a stitch in time saves nine... Unlike a lot of old proverbs, this one really works, whether you apply it to a chair with loose rungs or your health. Suppose you learned that a few dollars spent now could be that stitch in time that might save your health or the health of your family in the year to come. Sound like a good proposition? Well, here's how it's done. Just buy Christmas seals this Christmas. Yes, the money we spend for Christmas seals now goes for case finding, health education, medical research, and rehabilitation to help fight tuberculosis during the next year. Christmas seal money spent now helps protect us all from the number one killer among infectious diseases, TB. It's the stitch in time that saves human lives and health, prevents economic chaos and the broken homes which often follow in the wake of TB. Don't say it couldn't happen to you, it can, but you take out a little insurance against it, save lives and prevent misery, your own and your neighbors, when you buy Christmas seals. back to Dangerous Assignment and Brian Donlevy as Steve
1: Mitchell. Who killed Darpour and why, Mitchell? I don't know who at this point, but I've got a pretty good idea why, Kevin. Oh? Whoever hired Darpour to blow up the tunnel killed him to close his mouth. He either got it while he was trying to make his getaway in this cable car or else the killer dumped his body in here to hide it. Either way, the killer must be the one who started the cable car in motion. Yeah, I... Hmm. What is it? This stain on Dapur's hand. Orange color. Hmm. Well, let's get back down to the camp and find out where everyone was a few minutes ago when this cable car started moving.
2: I quite agree, Mitchell. We should all furnish an accounting of our whereabouts during that period of time when Dapur was murdered.
1: Well, we might as well start with you, Mr. Bersha. Very well. I think I can help you there, Mitchell. I saw Berger climbing up the side of the canyon toward the top shortly before I joined you down here. Oh? Of course. But if you will
2: remember, Mitchell, we were both searching for Dapur. And in the future, Kevin, I would appreciate it if you would allow me to speak for myself.
1: Just trying to help out, Berger.
2: Indeed. Then perhaps you can also help out by explaining your own strange and unsatisfactory attitude up to now.
1: What are you talking about?
2: Calling these incidents which have occurred merely accidents
1: when we all know
2: better? Now, just a minute, Berger. are you...
1: look. Calm down, both of you. This sort of thing won't get us anywhere. Abers is right. I say, let's get on with the investigation. Okay, I guess we've worked our way around to you, Abers. You and Marga went up to the tunnel after the blast to investigate the damage. Yeah.
3: That's right.
1: Were you together all the time? Well, uh, matter of fact, no.
3: We were separated for a few minutes as we inspected the scene of the blast.
1: I see. Okay, the way it adds up then, shortly before I spotted that cable car moving across the canyon up there, Bersha was somewhere near the top on one side, Marga and Abers were somewhere near the top on the other side. Now, which side is the cable car controlled from? There's a switch at each end. Oh, great. Uh, Kevin omits one
2: very important fact, Mitch. What's that, Bertha? It is true there is a switch at either end up on the rim. But where was Kevin at the time?
1: I told you. I was down on the floor of the canyon. Mitchell saw me there. That's right. He was organizing a work party near the construction shack.
2: Then it might interest you to know there is a master switch in the shack. It also controls the cable car. What?
1: Okay, so What? I'd forgotten about the master switch. Well, this is just dandy. Any one of you could have killed Dapur and started the cable car. Yeah, at this point, it looks like everybody's trying to get into the act. Persia and I climb up to the wrecked tunnel, and the workers are starting to clear away the debris. This delay is, of course, a costly one, Mitchell, but we can still
2: finish on schedule when the train arrives with the supplies and equipment.
1: What is it? Over here. Something partially buried in the rubble. Looks like a box of some sort. Yeah. Hey, a dynamite box. Yes, empty. Boards pried off the top. Looks like this is where Dopper opened the box. But where is all the dynamite? You kidding? That's what blew up the tunnel.
2: No, no, not all of it. What do you mean? I told you whoever arranged the blast in the tunnel knew his business. Judging from the sound and the scene of the blast, only a few sticks of dynamite were used there.
1: Why? Then where's the rest of it?
2: That poor must have planted it somewhere.
1: Wait a minute. The
2: train? Mitchell. That could be the big target. Yes. If that train were blown up and the equipment it is carrying lost, the work here would be brought to a complete stop indefinitely. What? What's that? How long ago? Very well we're too late, Mitchell. They tell me the train passed the junction and onto our spur line five minutes ago.
1: Oh, great. Then there's no way we can contact it now. No. According to this map, your spur track from the main line is about ten miles long.
2: Yes, very close to that. And somewhere on that ten mile stretch is the train. uh, Also
1: a charge of dynamite. We've got to find it and find it fast. But how? We cannot possibly cover every foot of that track. I know. But... I figure these points on the map are the trouble points. Areas where it's most logical the charge would be set. Now, here... Yes, the area where Dapur and the others were working today. Yeah, then here...
2: Yes, a downgrade with a curve at the bottom. Then over here,
1: a new bridge. And this tunnel here. Okay, have Abers, Kevin, and Marga take some workers and start along the track. If the saboteur is one of those three, we'll have the other two as insurance. Have them check the track as they go along, and if they get to the train and it's in one piece, they can flag it down. And what about us? We're going to cut across country to those trouble spots and hope we're in time. Gives the necessary orders, then he and I grab the jeep and roar out of the camp. Six minutes later, we're at the first stop, the section of track where were had been working earlier in the day. We give the area a fast frisk, but no dynamite. The railroad makes a horseshoe bend around the mountains. From here, we cut across over the narrow road to our next stop, a downgrade with a sharp curve, but we can't find the charge there either. We're working against time somewhere in these mountains, is that train, and it's getting closer every minute. We head for the next stop.
2: We are running out of time, Meter. There remain only the tunnel, the new bridge, and... Wait! There is also a trestle I overlooked earlier. Oh, but the train must have passed over it by now. Hey, wait a minute, the bridge. What about it? Did you say it was new? Why, yes, it was completed just two days ago. Steel construction, girders? Of course.
1: Okay, I'll drop you at the tunnel. I'm heading for that bridge. You think that... Just playing a hunch, Persia? but it better be a good one. I pile out of the jeep and slide down the side of the hill, then work my way under the bridge. I look at the network of new steel girders, and I know my hunch is right. They're still covered with red lead paint, the same shade as the stain on Doppler's hand. Then I spot the charge of dynamite. It's tied to the underside of a horizontal girder about ten feet over my head, but just as I start to climb up, I hear someone coming down the side of the hill. I crouch behind one of the girders. Then I jump.
3: Ah, Steve! Ah.
1: Hello, Margaret. You getting ready to set off your dynamite up there?
3: What? Yes, I see it. You see, I also realized what the stain on Dapur's hand meant. I was hoping against hope the dynamite would not be here, but it is.
1: What? Look, what are you talking about?
3: Right up to now, I had hoped he was not involved.
1: He? Wait a minute. Are you by any chance talking about Kevin?
3: Yes, my husband. His attempt to pass all the incidents off as accidents aroused my suspicions. Then I discovered he was leaving the camp mysteriously at night.
1: You know, you're not exactly in the clear yourself. I'm going to climb up there and get that dynamite, then You're
3: we'll... wrong, Mitchell. What? It's Ebers.
1: Yes, it sure is. Now, just hold it, both of you. Well, what do you know? So you're my boy, Abers. Yeah. And you're not going to touch that dynamite, Mitchell.
3: Then my husband is not involved.
1: I think Kevin was trying to pass things off as accident, so he could do a little investigating on the quiet. He followed me out of camp once or twice, nearly caught up with me at the wrong time.
3: Steve, the train.
1: Yeah? What happens now, Abers? After I get through with the two of you, I'm leading fast. Because when that train hits the bridge, the whole thing goes sky high. Now get over against the bank. Move! Abers probably wants to get us under the bridge before he shoots us, so the wreckage will cover us when the bridge blows up with the train. Unless I come up with something fast, Marga and I are dead ducks. Suddenly, I stumble intentionally and fall to my knees. On your feet, Mitch! I start to get up and then whirl him with my arm up to his wrist. The gun goes flying. I belt him with a left. Oh. He falls back against the bank. I jump to the girder. I've got to climb and jerk that dynamite loose before the train gets there, and I've got to hurry getting closer, but Abers isn't through yet. He scrambles to his feet. Margaret grabs at his arm, but he knocks her down and out. He dives and catches my leg, drags me off the girder. He swings. I duck. His fist smashes against the girder. I tag him. Twice. He goes down, and this time he stays. I start up the girder again. Time's running out. The train's almost to the bridge. I keep climbing. Another three feet. The train keeps coming. I spot a wire leading from the dynamite to the detonator. I reach up and jerk it loose just as the train thunders onto the bridge. couple of minutes. I climb down to the ground just as Marga gets to her feet. Oh,
3: thank heaven, Steve. If you hadn't jerked that wire loose when you did. Yeah.
1: Hadn't been for that streak of red lead paint on Dapur's hand, I wouldn't have been here to jerk the wire loose.
3: That's right. It was fortunate you realized what that stain was.
1: Yeah. Matter of fact, you might call it a red letter day for me.
0: star Brian Donlevy will return in just a moment. Here's a reminder about NBC's stellar Sunday lineup of superb programming. Each Sunday evening, you'll want to tune this station for one of the finest comedy shows on the air, the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. There's mirth and music as Phil and Alice are joined by Julius Abruzzo, Elliot Lewis, and Brother William to bring Laugh Phil listening for 30 enjoyable minutes. It's truly top comedy entertainment, so be sure to join us Sunday for the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. And remember to tune to NBC for Theater Guild on the air. For on Theater Guild, you'll always hear top stars from Hollywood and Broadway in great dramatic presentations. So be sure to hear Theater Guild Sunday. In the mystery section of NBC's Sunday schedule, there's both Dragnet and Barry Craig, confidential investigator. Dragnet is the true story of your police force in action, the suspense-filled presentation of real police case from crime to punishment. So add this all up and you'll find that it spells great entertainment. Entertainment that's yours for the listening each Sunday on NBC.
1: Next week, Christmas Eve in Sweden in a gift-wrapped bullet.
0: That will be Steve Mitchell's dangerous assignment next week. Included in tonight's cast were Vivi Janis, Herb Ellis, Jan Arvan, and Peter Leeds. This is John Storm speaking. Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell, with Herb Butterfield as the commissioner, is written by Bob Reif and Adrian Jandot, and is directed by Bill Carn. Be with us again next week at this time, when Brian Donlevy, starring in the role of Steve Mitchell will embark on another transcribed dangerous assignment.
1: Tomorrow here, both Father Knows Best and Truth or Consequences
0: on NBC.
1: It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you Raymond in Buffalo and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis and Stan in Central Indiana. Taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations so you get the product you're looking for. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And we're back. Well, tax season's here, folks, and you know. Hi there! Whoa, where'd you come from?
0: April here to tell you about the tax filing software from TaxAct.
1: Uh, seriously, were you like hiding behind my desk?
0: Seriously, TaxAct makes it easy to get your maximum refund.
1: Well, you heard it here first, folks.
0: Switch to TaxAct today, and you can start for free.
1: Or, as we say in Radio Land.
0: <laughs> Subtle. TaxAct. TaxAct. File for less and get more.
1: See TaxAct.com for details.